0: Welcome, fans of the Justice League universe. My name is Sam. In this podcast, Alessandro Maniscalco and I share our analysis of the Warner Brothers movies that are part of the Justice League universe. Although reviews are coming out today for Suicide Squad, we are going to focus on a few more quick scenes in Batman v Superman. But before we do that, I do just need to say that thus far, Suicide Squad is pulling in decidedly mixed reviews, not overwhelmingly negative reviews. Don't let people try to spin it as a huge negative reception from critics just because it isn't a positive slam dunk. Right now, on Metacritic, the average is right around the middle of the spectrum, and there are actually mostly mixed reviews. And then there are more positive reviews than negative reviews. So, straight up negative reviews are actually the least common of the three categories positive, mixed, or negative. Anyway, you can read some more of my reactions to the reviews on my blog, comicandscreen.blogspot.com, but the important thing will be to see the movie so that we can decide for ourselves what we think about it. And in the meantime, we have the brilliant work uh, in Batman v Superman to continue analyzing. So here we're going to cover four scenes that are prior to Lex's helipad scene. Scene 51 is Martha Kent's abduction, scene 52 is Batman preparing the space for his fight with Superman, and scene 53 is Lois's abduction. So let's go through these quickly. In scene 51, Martha is finishing up her shift at Raleigh's Diner. The diner location is actually the high-grade deli in Detroit, Michigan. On the TV, again, the media represented as a main character, like Zack Snyder said it was, we see Nancy Grace playing herself and doing what she does best, implying the worst about people based on limited evidence. She refers to Superman using air quotes, Superman. On the bottom of her screen it asks, Superman involved? Because media can't be accused of libel if there's a question mark. And Nancy suggests that Superman is guilty in some fashion because why else would he disappear? So again, we see people debating about and judging Superman, even though he did nothing wrong at the Capitol. Martha is seeing this too, and it's her son they're talking about, so it must be painful to watch. Then, with all this on her mind, Martha exits and is picked up by Lex's men. In terms of chronology, we can assume that this uh, Martha abduction is somewhere in between Clark on the mountaintop and Batman igniting the bat signal, but we don't have to assume that it's the exact same night that Batman turns on the bat signal. If it is the same night, Martha's abduction could be fairly early in the night, and then she could be flown back to Metropolis by the middle of the night. And then the Batman-Superman fight, the Martha rescue, and then the doomsday fight could all be during the later hours of that night. But it could also be that Superman is gone for a few days and that Martha is actually abducted the night before all the rest of that stuff happens. And note that Superman is gone. So Lex had probably been waiting for Superman to be out of the picture to then give his order to kidnap Martha. Then either that same night or the following night, Lex has Lois picked up as well as we'll see in a second. Also, Alessandro noticed that Martha never really had a chance for a solid scream when she was being abducted, so even if Superman's hearing did reach that far, which it's doubtful that it does given his power set in the movie universe, uh, there was really nothing for Superman to hear anyway. Next, we see Batman in the rundown yet grandiose setting that will be the location of his fight with Superman. That fight will start on the roof, but eventually it will move down into the depths of the building. Batman seems to anticipate these events in the fight as he walks across the Great Hall and plants his kryptonite spear in the floor. This is the insertion of the quote-unquote sword in the stone, and we'll pick up later on those analogies to King Arthur. Comic book fans will really appreciate the foresight and preparation of Batman, because these are hallmarks of his character, and it is also a nod to some of his past fights with Superman in the comics, especially The Dark Knight Returns, of course. Batman goes to the rooftop and turns on the bat signal. This, of course, immediately makes us think back to Superman's warning to Batman in scene 35, when he said, Next time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. The bat is dead, bury it. As we can see, Bruce is not willing to accept the death of the Batman side of himself, just as he's not able yet to accept his parents' death and his own feelings of failure. Those issues have led him to this point where he is initiating a fight with Superman. Aside from all that, though, this is just some great visual work from Zack Snyder and Larry Fong. The rain, of course, sets the mood having swept in from Washington DC, and it will later move to Metropolis and the Doomsday fight as well. The ironic thing here in scene 52 is that Batman thinks this is his setup, where he's two steps ahead of Superman, but we pull out to see Lex watching on from the helipad in Metropolis, and Lex sees that things are playing out just how he wanted. It is actually Lex who is playing Batman. Lex says, the night is here. This is a great line with at least three meanings. The night, as in this dark moment, literally night outside but also the knight, as in Batman the Dark Knight, and third, the knight as in the chess piece. Just as Keefe was Lex's pawn, we can now see that Bruce is Lex's knight. They're all his chess pieces that he's moving into position. And finally, we have scene 53, with Lois taking the subway home after work and going down an escalator. An ominous man steps onto the escalator behind her, just out of focus, and in front there's another man buffing the floor. The music playing in the subway system is Every Time We Say Goodbye I Die A Little by Cole Porter. We should remember this song so that we recognize it when Knaizhev quotes it to Martha later in the warehouse. And it's a fitting song here because Lois and indeed the world are separated from Superman, and the song is about how the happiness of being together can be reflected in pain while separated, and that through separation we can realize how much we love and appreciate the other. And then, of course, that separation is going to become even more intense uh, at the end of the movie when Superman actually dies. But Lois, with her journalistic instincts and fearlessness, recognizes Knaizev, uh sort of recognizes him, but she comes up to talk to him instead of just walking on. This is where the memorable face of Colin Mulvey, uh, and we mentioned way back in the African scene that he has this very recognizable face, it really pays off here. He turns around, and we know immediately who he is. In the extended cut, there's a bit more footage here of Lois's abduction, and if I remember correctly, they put her into a van that is marked "Terio Janitorial. This is a pretty funny reference to Chris Terrio, the co-writer of the film. So now we are ready for Lex's big helipad scene, and that scene has been set up brilliantly because he had the Capitol bombing, which was a truly evil yet effective triumph for Lex, And now he has collected all the pieces for himself. He has Martha and Lois, and he has positioned Batman right where he wants him to be. I'm just so impressed by Lex as the villain in this movie. And we also know that he has something cooking with Zod's body. We don't really know what he's going to do with it yet, though. Um, So he really just seems to be capable of anything at this point, and everything seems to be stacked in Lex's favor. At this point, it's hard to see how our heroes are going to be able to come out on top. Thank you for listening, and be sure to also check out the Suicide Squad cast and Man of Steel answers. We're going to try to get Lex's helipad episode out before Suicide Squad is released. And then I have plans to see Suicide Squad on Friday night. So I'll probably post a video with Jason Book on my YouTube channel, and then we'll have some initial analysis of the squad here on the podcast by um, maybe late Sunday or more likely very early next week.